sleep gone, and past recapture. I drew on my clothes and went to the beach. In the luminous east, two great stars, a slant were rising clear over the exhalations of darkness gathered at the rim of night and ocean. Beetlejuice and Bellatrix, the shoulders of Orion, autumn had come, and the giant stood again at the horizon of day in the ebbing year, his belt still hidden in the bank of cloud, his feet in the deeps of space and the far surges of the sea. These are the words of Henry Besson, written from his outermost house, a sanctuary away from the world, for one year, listening to the sounds of nature and staring at the stars. Welcome to Lost Massachusetts. And today, we will search for the location of that outermost house of Henry Besson. They say that no man is an island, but he can certainly try. Welcome to Lost Massachusetts. You just heard a reading from The Outermost House by Henry Beston, published in 1928. The Outermost House is a description of the location where it was. The building itself was called the Castle by its creator. The Castle was a 20-foot by 16-foot beach cottage built in 1925 that sat atop a giant sand dune in Eastham, Massachusetts near Nauset Beach. It was called Castle because the commanding view of the ocean made it feel like one was standing in the wheelhouse of a ship. The house itself is lost. Its location is a bit lost as well. The reason for such a place of this solitary resident is the subject of today's show. What you will hear in the bulk of the show is me riding on a, uh, the bike trails through East Ham, Massachusetts, tracking down the location of the Castle. But first, let's go through some messages from our wonderful listeners. That means you. Hello, Lost Massers. We want to recognize our listeners and respond to comments, questions, requests, etc. This is a review on Apple Podcasts from Where's My Kid? You're back! So happy to see this pop up in my feed today. Glad you're back and look forward to more adventures. We're happy to be back too. Don't know where we were. If you like the podcast, take a moment to review it on whatever service you use. It helps the podcast get noticed and we will give you a shout out here. We have a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, everyone. 
Also, if you find the podcast on a service we have not mentioned, please let us know. So far, we have Anchor, Spotify, Google, Pocket Casts, Overcast, Radio Public, and Breaker. If you're hearing it somewhere else, please send that along. In response to the poll question from Chestnut Hill Does Not Exist, the question is, is Chestnut Hill a real town? 100% of respondents said no, it's not a real town. Uh, In response to the poll question from Corn Hill, some will not like this, I'm sure. We asked North Shore or South Shore. 67% said South Shore. 33% said North Shore. This is a debate that will never end. Of course, uh, people swimming in lakes uh, out in the Berkshires think that you're all idiots. Or I should say, quidnunks. Temulent quidnunks. I put quidnunk down on a Scrabble board and I got 10 points for using the Q, a triple word score, and 50 points for using all seven letters. This caused considerable outrage since everyone insisted it wasn't a real word and I wasn't precisely following the rules. In response to our poll question in the Gaslights episode, what should Boston do with its gaslights? There were three choices. Repair all the gaslights forever, save some gaslights for history's sake, or replace all of the gaslights with LEDs. 100% of the respondents selected save some of the gaslights for history's sake. From there, we can transition to the Instagram comments since we got two for the Gaslights episode. Uh, Boston Landmarks says, Hi there, the Gaslights we see today in these neighborhoods aren't historic. They were installed in the 1970s. Rest assured that we are engaging the public and the respective historic commissions to retrofit the existing Gaslights to LED lights. Now, I knew that there was a um, project in the 70s to put gas lights back in some of these locations. What I haven't been clear about is how many of those were recent installations and if there were or are ones that were originals, because I'm pretty sure I've seen some, uh, particularly in other neighborhoods that are definitely not retrofit. So this isn't something that um, I would call completely answered yet, but I understand where Boston Landmarks is coming from. Mass Bay Trading says, we love the gas lights, but understand the downside in terms of cost to the city for the gas and the pollution. The gas bill is $1 million a year in addition to about $200,000 for annual maintenance. Just hoping the LED electric replacements end up fitting the local historical scene. Much agreed. Some people were horrified by our photographs of a yellow jacket nest a found snakeskin, and the egg cluster from the inside of a wasp nest. Listen, the little creatures of nature don't know that they're ugly. Let's keep it that way. Susan and others were really excited by our photos of the ponderous haunted clock tower in Walpole. As far as I know, it's still for sale. 
in response to the images of uh, shifting state borders over the centuries linked to our episode about the oblong in New York. AV History commented... Meanwhile, the natives be like, why are you being ridiculous over imaginary lines? You people are nuts. And my response to that is, yes, why not rivers and mountains? Less math. Several people really liked our pictures of giant ice cream sandwiches at Ice Cream Sandwich in Sandwich. There's lots of great food to be had out there near each of these lost places, and we try to point them out so you can enjoy them too. Moving to our postcard contacts through the website lostmassachusetts.com, Jerry from Vermont asked for a postcard. Just checked out a few episodes, one of them about postcards, incidentally. Anyway, really enjoying the podcast. Can't wait to listen to more. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, Susan from Mansfield, I would love to get a postcard. You got it, Susan. Cheryl from Malden got a postcard, as did Laura from Drakeit. Alvin from Indiana got one. Jenna, who just moved here, uh, loved the Gaslights episode and said, Thank you for answering so many of my questions. Eric from Woburn wrote, Thank you for the great podcast. I enjoy your nuanced ability to share interesting and valuable historical information in an unassuming, intelligent manner each week. Keep up the great work. I swear I did not write that. It's completely real, and I did not put the person up to it. And thank you. There is one recent postcard request that is worth spending some time on. Rebecca from Raynham. Uh, Is it possible to hear about something closer to me? I'm glad you wrote this because I'm making an effort to cover as much of the state as possible. If you listen to episode 18, you can hear about the Copper Works in Norton, which isn't Raynham, but it's an easy hike in the next town. I've got an interesting artifact, actually, that was manufactured in Taunton. Not sure if there is a whole episode about it, but it's interesting, and I will post it on Instagram and the website soon, especially now that you've reminded me of it. So, I have built a database of almost 5,000 lost places in Massachusetts, if you can believe it. There's a lot to cover. Uh, I'm trying to move around to different places, and when I spend too much time in one area, I make a note of it and I move on. When I collected various stories about Cape Ann, I had to stop and focus somewhere else. Same thing with Cape Cod. Uh, I've got dozens of locations and hours of recording, piles of photographs and books from the Cape can't spend all my time on it. Uh, There's lots of history in Boston. You can spend all of your time looking at it. People might get tired of hearing about Boston. So when people say, look over here, check out this place, uh, it actually really helps. I love to hear those requests um, and get those reminders. Specifically in reference to Raynham, there's a lot there. Maybe you've heard the name Squabetty. Maybe you say that you're from Judson, Massachusetts, or Prattville, Massachusetts. Many people hear that and think, I just made up the names of fictitious towns in Massachusetts, but I didn't. Lots of interesting details, and rest assured, there is a big lost Massachusetts story connected to Bristol County in general that I will get to at some point. But thank you for all the comments. Remember, without listeners, 
it's just me talking to myself, which is really, really sad. If you want a last Lost Massachusetts postcard, you can listen for the instructions later in the show. But first, an archaic word from Lost Massachusetts. Archaic words from Lost Massachusetts, as found in my double set, The New Century Dictionary, copyright 1927. Jack Dandy, J-A-C-K-A-D-A-N-D-Y, a foppish little fellow, a dandy. So this is one that you can use when dandy just isn't enough, okay? That person is not a dandy. That person is a jack dandy, more than just a little foppish. Really, really, really foppish. Jack dandy. interruption to our story, but I have an important message. Lost Massachusetts wants to send you a postcard from a lost place. That's right. We send postcards from the vanished locations we cover in our podcast. How do we do it? It's a mystery, but you can get one right now. All you have to do is let us know where to send it to. If you're worried about your privacy, and you always should be, We will never share or sell your address to anyone else. You will only receive podcast-related postcards, and you can tell us to stop at any time and ask us to remove you from our list. Okay, with that business out of the way, how do you get a postcard from one of our lost places? There are several ways. If you go to lostmassachusetts.com and look for the link that says Send Get a Postcard, that page has all the information and a form to submit. You can also send your mailing address to getlost at lostmass.com and ask to have one sent. Finally, if you send us a postcard with your return address to Lost Massachusetts at 831 Beacon Street, Suite 403, Newton Center, Massachusetts, 02459, you can get one that way too. So, just so you know, that address is not where the Lost Cabin is. If you go on a legend trip to this place, you'll be very disappointed. See you in the mailbox. Hi. I am riding on the not very busy Cape Cod Rail Trail in East Ham, Mass. And I am on my way to the National Seashore. And as we do here many times on Lost Massachusetts, I am on my way to a place that no longer exists. Not only does it no longer exist, I might not even be able to get very close to it because of changes that have happened over the years. I am on my way 
to find or as get get as close as I can to the forecastle of Henry Beston. Passing has a great uh, ice cream window and this part of the rail trail goes underneath Route 6. It's a very narrow tunnel and I'm coasting down this hill on my way to the narrow tunnel. It tells you to slow down because you can't really see inside the tunnel until you get to it and now I'm underneath Mass Route 6 and I'm on the other side. Uh, now I'm turning off of the rail trail onto Locust. I'm taking our left on Locust. And I'll be connecting up with another trail. Not a rail trail, but another bike trail, momentarily. Turning left off of Nosset onto Salt Pond Road. And I'm stopping briefly at what appears to be an old hand pump in uh, a small park in the traffic triangle. Not sure how old it is, or I know that there's one of the original town pumps that's not too far from here, but this might be another one. So the uh, the bike trail ends at uh, Coast Guard Beach, and Coast Guard Beach has an old historic Coast Guard station that actually plays into our story. Uh, it's not an active Coast Guard station; it's uh, run by the National Park Service. Now the marker for the forecastle uh, has been moved because not only is the forecastle long gone but the spot you used to be able to walk out to to look at the spot where the forecastle used to be is also gone and now there is a fence uh, because of the crumbling dune cliffs so you can't even walk out to where you used to be able to see the marker to look out at where the forecastle used to be. And they have moved the marker for the forecastle. It's actually in the parking lot on the other side of the main Coast Guard building. And this is what the, the marker says. Uh, the forecastle, as author Henry Beston called his little house, sat on the dunes about 1.5 miles south of here. In September of 1926, Beston came intending to spend two weeks on the beach. He stayed a year, living in solitude and immersing himself in the natural world. His year by the sea provided healing from the horrors he experienced as an ambulance driver during World War I. Beston's book, The Outermost House, chronicles his time here. It has become a beloved classic, recording the rhythms of nature on the Outer Cape. The house was moved back from the ocean multiple times and became a national literary landmark in 1964. A winter storm in 1978 finally swept the forecastle away. Today, Beston's words invite you to walk along this beach and capture yourself the experience of being at the edge of the sea. How does nature rejuvenate you? So, I hope you can hear this over the roar of the waves. Uh, it's nice that they have a plaque commemorating the, um, the forecastle, outermost house. But, you know, as I said, the, the marker indicates, well, it was actually like a mile or so or two away from here, down on a section of beach that has since washed out to shore. And... 
all that was here before the Coast Guard station was here and it was before uh, the beach was open for tourists like it is today. And it's a very busy spot. A lot of cars, um, a lot of people walking down to the beach, people getting off of the courtesy shuttle tram to go to the beach. And it doesn't really capture what uh, Henry Beston was going for. So I biked a little bit down the road and I found this uh, blocked off access road. Uh, they put a big Jersey barrier across it and it's an old beaten down road. And if you, if you go up this road, you will basically come to a really, really sharp drop off cliff. And they obviously don't want people here for several reasons. One, this is an extreme drop off. Um, and the other one is that the dunes are eroding. So they don't want people coming down to this, uh, this section and getting to the beach this way because you'll uh, you start w knocking down the dunes. But to sit here and listen to the insects and watch the birds fly by and hear the ocean, this is the kind of experience that Beston was going for when he isolated himself in the house that would have been near here. Quincy native Henry Beston joined the French army in 1915 and served as an ambulance driver. Like Ernest Hemingway, he wrote about his experience. Also like Hemingway, he became a journalist for a time covering the war. He knew Cape Cod from studying Coast Guard stations along the Cape for a magazine article. The recently formed Coast Guard provided and still provides a critical service in the area. The ocean around Cape Cod is one of the most dangerous places in the world to sail, and it's full of shipwrecks. Looking for solace, Beston went to the beaches of East Ham, the furthest point out as far as he could be from the world, as close to the sea as he could be. He spent a year looking for what he called the divine mystery of nature, where a man could cease being a man and become part of something else. He would study and record the sights and sounds of nature. The book he created is cited as the impetus for the preservation of Cape Cod. Beston's book changed the way that people thought about nature as not just something to be feared, but also something to be preserved. About ten years after the house was built, a storm nearly destroyed it, so it was moved back. Ten years after that, the dune it sat on started to collapse, so they moved it again, this time behind the dune. But the sea takes what it wants to. In February 1978, the Faucastle was pulled into the ocean by one of the most powerful and destructive storms in the history of Massachusetts, our famous blizzard. A single storm that left 27 inches of snow shut down the state for a week and killed over 100 people. Not only was the house lost, but the very ground it stood on is now underwater. If you want to experience something of the dark beauty of the Atlantic Ocean just as Henry Beston did, 
without all the trappings of the modern world, I'm going to tell you about a magical experience that you can enjoy that is completely free. The National Park Service issues a limited number of nighttime beach bonfire permit passes for the National Seashore beaches every day during the summer. You just have to get up early, go to the Salt Pond Visitor Center in East Ham, and ask for one before they run out. Get some bundles of firewood from the East Ham Superette and pizzas from Good Eats on 6 and go to the beach designated on your permit before sunset. When the sun goes down and your fire is roaring, the sea will reveal its mystery to you, and your shadows will dance on the high cliff walls of the sand dunes. I guarantee a unique experience. Just be sure to bring a good flashlight, because when you put your fire out, it will be incredibly dark just like it was for Henry Beston. My year upon the beach had come full circle. It was a time to close my door. Seeing the great suns, I thought of the last time I marked them in the spring, in April west above the moors, dying into the light and sinking. I saw them of old above the iron waves of black December, sparkling afar. Now once again the hunter rose to drive the summer south before him. Once again the autumn followed on his steps. I had seen the ritual of the sun. I had shared the elemental world. Thank you for joining us on our search for Henry Besson's lost foe castle, the outermost house. For now, this is Garth in the Lost Beach Shack asking you, how does nature rejuvenate you? We'll see you next time. Hey, if you like the show for some reason, there are lots of ways you can join the fun or get a hold of us. You can message Lost Mass through the podcast apps on Anchor. There's a voice option. Or you can go to lostmassachusetts.com and subscribe to our blog or use the various methods there to contact us. If you go to lostmassachusetts.com, you can also sign up to get a postcard from a lost place and find out where to send us a lost postcard too. Also go to Lost Massachusetts at uh, Instagram for photos and other details. We will do our best to respond to comments 
uh, directly uh, as well as within the show. You might hear um, your own comment. That's fun. 